Good King Wenceslas looked out on the snow a glistening. Dr. Velvet and Blackout came with Yuletide listening. Brightly flowed the pools that night, giving it some welly. Getting drunk and talking shite over Christmas telly. Bring us spirits, bring us wines, booze enough for sharing. Come for all the wit that shines, stay for all the swearing. Therefore, listener, dear, be sure, no need to applaud fast. We just now bless the poor souls who do this podcast. Shit. On today's dancing, ladies. Before we get into burning it to the ground... And speaking of family yes. things, I've got to say, that Terry Lean suit that he comes down the stairs on. Oh, yeah. Those those flares. That oh, yes. hair. Good God. He's yes. like a prototype Gordon Burns. It's gorgeous. Anna Fried is clearly doing a, a cracking impression of Bears from the Happy Mondays with her dancing. You know the recurring joke in the very first episode of Toast of London? Where the um where the model's in the house and she's had plastic surgery to make her look like Bruce Forsyth. That's oh, yes, more yes, yes, yes. that shows more accuracy <laughs> and commitment than all of this sketch. Are you alright? Hello and welcome to the ninth Christmas special of the Peggy Mount Calamity Hour. I'm Dr. Velvet. I'm Blackout. And we're here to present you with more televisual festive treats. Yes, hello you. Thanks for joining us for our casual cultural critique of Christmas television, where Britain's best-loved battle axe is never far from the tree, because here, all roads lead to the mountain. If you're new to us, you can find info and links for the programme we're discussing over at PeggyMountPod.com, as well as links to all of our socials and the places you can listen and subscribe. Who's that? Oh, I, bet it's Carol's, I bet it's Carol Singers. It is. Right, hang on. Go and answer it, will you? Because I'm, I'm settled here. I've got my tartan blanket on. Hey, look, everyone. It's Ozzy Bognops again. Hey, good evening, gentlemen. Ozzy! Hey, come on in. Hey, happy Christmas. Oh, wherever. And to you. And to you. How are you? Get yourself set down. Thanks very yep. much. Oh, hang on a sec. Just put them down there. Right, OK. <laughs> lovely, lovely. Well, before we see anyone kissing Santa Claus, I've got to ask, what are we drinking? Well... I've I've got a little something here ready. Um, I've gone retro. Oh. Uh, br- yeah, brandy baby sham. Good man, strong work. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a potent mix. Uh, so I'm told it's a long time since I've drank this. I think the last time I drank this, I was eight, and it was a new year, and I was allowed a sip. <laughs> when I woke up, I was ten. <laughs> What about yourself, Mr Bognops? What will you have? Well, uh, again, a little bit of tradition here and quite retro and something, a drink very close to my heart and certainly I'm sure to yours too. There it is. A nice bottle, uh, a glass, sorry, a glass, not bottle, of sherry. Lovely. Good, there we go. Good man. It's much better in a pint glass, apparently. <laughs> so, so they say. It lets more air into it, doesn't it? It does. It aerates it. Of course it does. And bla- blackout, what about yourself? Well, I've been a bit Scrooge-like with some of the shows we've covered so far, so I think a little bit of Yuletide merriment is in order with... Sadler's Peaky Blinder Christmas Pudding Stout. <gasps> Strong work. Do you know what? Love that. Do you know what? That sounds absolutely divine. It's, um... 
It's a bit heavy, but yeah, we'll start with that, yeah. Is it as good as my Christmas pudding in a glass of gin? I'm still able to speak, so you tell me. <laughs> at least, though, at least it has retained in your memory. At least it's made an impression on you. From that to one man who can really make an impression. Well, a bit. <laughs> Yes, Mike Yarwood was the comedian and impressionist who was a feature of the televisual light entertainment scene in the 1970s with his unique trademark mix of wry mimicry, topical observations and looking and sounding like Mike Yarwood. Rising from a recurring stint at the London Palladium to panel show appearances and his own shows on both of the main channels, tonight we've watched the Mike Yarwood Christmas Show, originally broadcast in the 8pm slot on BBC One on Christmas Day 1978. Written by Eric Davidson and Neil Shand, Mike teams up with his impressionistic partner in crime, Janet Brown, leaving just an room for four rather special guests. Now, the Mikey Arwood. As a kid, and this will come as no surprise, because there's a pattern mm. forming here, yeah. I loved this. Mm. I loved him. I loved Mike Yarwood. I thought he was great. Um, yeah, okay. Agreed, yeah. I remember Yarwood being on in our house, but I could never really warm to him. Right. Um, I'm watching it now. It just leaps out that there are too many impressions of politicians which weren't remotely interesting to a child. Yeah, I think agree my, with that. Yeah, my my point was this was the very first year that the BBC hadn't had Morecambe and Wise in its imperial uh, okay. period, so right. they'd they'd gone to Thames. And so they had to make this show stick because this was going to replace it. This was going to be the big show. And yeah. it was just, for me, it was kind of lots of political impressions, but not a great deal beyond that. Well, that's the thing. Eight o'clock on Christmas night, this is absolute once-a-year prime time. Is it just me, or did the sketches drag? Oh, yeah. 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 The premise was great, but then they just Before seemed to we... tail off. Before we get into burning it to the ground, and speaking of family yes. things, I've got to say that Terry Lean suit that he comes down the stairs on. Oh yeah, those those flares, that oh, yes. hair. Good God, he's yes. like a prototype Gordon Burns. It's gorgeous. <laughs> and the set with with the stairs that's driven yeah. in Blake Seven. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> that's that is it's fabulous. That thing is, you have to be really careful walking down those stairs because one. And one gram of static, and he set his hair on fire. So he'd be crazy all of Arthur Brown. That'd be a great impression to start with. Fire. Uh, you're right. First impression off the bat, um, Parky. And do you know what? I didn't think his Parky was that bad. I agree. Yeah, you see, I've got in my notes here, it's basically Michael Parkinson interviewing Margaret Thatcher. Both impressions are relatively passable, but they're not as exaggerated it's like material like this would be today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So as a result, they have to rely on the script for the laughs, and it's That's very right. throwaway, isn't it? It's like satire oh, written I... by somebody who's desperate not to offend. Neil yes. Shannon. And yeah, it just, yeah. <laughs> it just goes on for far too long. <laughs> you know? The version that we see on the YouTubes um, comes mm. as a, a bit of light relief in the evening of the Thatcher election of 1979. <laughs> That's right. That's right, the irony. Yeah. The irony gets even more sweet when you realise that the next morning on the breakfast election special, who do they have as a special guest? Janet Brown doing Margaret Thatcher. 
Mike Indeed. Yarwood's career was over. <laughs> Mind I've got to say, a lot of these impressions tend to begin with the line, hello, this is, insert name of personality here, otherwise known as the cultural method. Parkinson didn't, but then we've got, hello, I'm Bob Hope. Jimmy Carter. I will, yes. Oh, can I just mention something about Jimmy Carter? Because Jimmy Carter is responsible for this. Mr. President, sir, you are a Georgian. You have now become a Geordie. How are the lads? Which is almost as bile-inducing and as cringeworthy as this impression. Well, it would have been funnier <laughs> if Mike Yarwood had said that. And probably, probably. Uh, I think he's got Bob Hope. I'm giving Bob Hope six out of ten because he's got the little bit of the smile going on. Uh, the facial nuances are there. They're, they're all right. Um, he is, across the board, he is far, far better at the mannerisms than the voices. Correct. Yeah, uh, yes. That's what I thought, yeah. Because that's all you needed in those days. You didn't have yeah, to go the... to the sort of dead ring as prosthetics and things. You just needed yeah. to give the inference of it because you know you didn't have to spend lots and lots of money on rubber faces and stuff but that's the thing after that the makeup department can't make him look like anything other than mike yarwood covering himself in marvin medium and ram red in the costume cupboard <laughs> yeah yeah and another part of the problem is that the people he's portraying are almost uniformly boring yeah we we bool along and we bool along cut to abba uh, reluctantly performing a B-side or an album track. How the fuck has Mike Yarwood managed to score ABBA? I know, Because right. Morecambe and Wise went to Thames Television. <laughs> I honestly yeah. thought that when the camera went in, Mike Yarwood and Janet Brown Would have been were going to be playing two of ABBA. Mm. Anna Freed is clearly doing a, a cracking impression of Bez from the Happy Mondays with that dancing. <laughs> um, <laughs> and ABBA are blatantly showing us that uh, goth couture... Can be, can be Christmassy. Indeed. It's all that you go down that track, because I've got in my notes that Agnetha's hair reminds me of Dave Murray out of Iron Maiden. Fucking gloriously layered. <laughs> Very much so. Then it's time for the news at 10. Is that... Oh. Is, that Al- is that Alistair Burnett? No, it's Reginald Bosenkett. Is it? Yeah. You see, right. by this point, I'd basically... Uh, she's doing... Was it um, Anna Ford? Yeah. No, no, no. She, she's doing Margaret Thatcher, the Gothiers. Well, this is what I was going to say. It's basically a slightly posher sounding version of Margaret Thatcher, just her one voice. I couldn't actually focus on the impressions. I couldn't get past the feeling that this is material that the two Ronnies have thrown in the bin. Uh, that's what I got, yep. So they end it all by just refer- actually referencing the good night from me catchphrase. That is Absol- fucking yeah. shocking. Yeah, absolutely. I'm taking points off for that. Completely points off for that. I've put that they, someone had left deliberately Barker's script at the serviette dispenser in the BBC canteen because they didn't think it was there. And they've picked this up. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, again, absolutely appalling behaviour. Davidson, Shand, regular writers for the two Ronnies. Can't, can't have been anything else, really. Bit of trivia for you. Mikey Arwood's mm. best impression turned out to be as one of Rory Bremner, but it was so viciously acerbic that Bremner sued him over it, and that's why Mike eventually stopped working. It's true, that. You can look it up. I think I'd better... Let's move on down to the current big smash trend of the time, which, of course, they're going to parody, and we've got Grayson. And, mm, uh, have we? No, we haven't. We really, really haven't. Nor have we got Isla Sinclair. <laughs> let's dissect, the, um, let's dissect the, the non-Grayson impression before we get that far. <laughs> yeah. I get the impression... Well, he doesn't. Sorry, no, that's... Please, you do. 
Yeah, no, the Seraph won for us. <laughs> ding, 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 do that again. Is this basically his John Inman impression in a slightly lower register? The thing is, because the mouth thing going on, that's Grayson. But, I mean, all right, it's, it's a parody, so he's going to exaggerate. He's going to caricature it. But, dearie me, I was cringing when ABBA came out. Yeah, me um, too, because I wondered what that was going to be. It's, I thought it was yeah. going to be the same thing as before. It was going to be those two playing them, and then they come uh-huh. on or something, and it, hilarity ensues. Yeah, I'm thinking, fair fucking play, Mike. You've paid for their tickets over here. You get the fucking money's worth out of them. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be in every single fucking item until the end of the show. Yeah, yeah. I w- but I, I was just waiting for the, for, uh, the little humour doesn't travel syndrome to kick in and I was just mm. expecting them to be looking clueless at everything that came out of his mouth but they played along quite well and I thought there's three months rehearsal paid off Indeed. <laughs> so, although one interesting point at the very beginning of the sketch shows somebody had clearly thought of nuance at the BBC at Christmas which I just can't believe if you look at hmm. the very opening of it they cut away to one and a half seconds yes. of the audience yes. in the television theatre. Now, that was shot at Television Centre. That was not shot at the television theatre. So they have actually <laughs> gone to the videotape library and said, you know what we need here? We need to show that it's real. And then if you're in any yep. doubt, bring on the opposition, Brucey's Big Night. Oh, my God, though. Now, fucking seriously. As we know, we know the fate of Brucey's Big Night. <laughs> yes. Uh, what, a sh- what, a, what a show to parody. You How... Know what I mean? uh, is Yarwood a performer of his stature with one fucking job to do? How was he able to get away with being so bad at doing Bruce Forsyth? It's awful, isn't it? It's terrible. Doesn't work. But the set Doesn't looks work. exactly like the original on the original oh, programme. You know the recurring joke in the very first episode of Toast of London, where the um where the model's in the house and she's had plastic surgery to make her look like Bruce Forsyth. That's oh, yes, more yes, 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 that yes. shows more accuracy <laughs> and commitment than all of this sketch. Anyway, we get through all this to to Mike's usual final monologue. His nightclub act, uh, basically. His night, basically, yes. And this is where it really comes out about the whole voice thing. Like, all right, some impressions, I can sort of hear the yeah. new ones. The Tom mm-hmm. O'Connor, right? Yeah. I can see there's something there. Oh, but again, if you, were looking, if you weren't looking at the telly, if you were in the mm-hmm. kitchen, you could just hear like, the voice coming through the wall. You wouldn't know who the fuck he was doing. You have to be watching him. You have That's to see right. the mannerisms. The hand in the waistcoat, the other hand, you know... That's right. Stro- stro- the bum of an imaginary of- horse, exactly. However, Frankie Howard... Aye, the best voice, yeah. Amazing. Because Mike's voice, anyway, has that natural tobra that, that, that Frankie's has. Harsh. So he can yeah. click... Yeah, so he can click into that. Yep, OK. Um, we'll, give him, we'll give him that one out of his... Um, how long is this? 40 minutes? 45 yes, minutes? Yes, that's, yeah. right, that's yeah. right. A lot of the others are just Mike Yarwood saying sentences. Yes. <laughs> good, good. Although, we're back up again, we're back up again, and I am... The man is a god to me, and I will not allow insults to him. But he's Eric Morecambe physicality... Yes. Is spot is spot on. Indeed. Indeed. The voice is yeah, but the physicality, just look at his eyes and his the way his mouth goes. Yeah. The gestures, the reactions, the uh-huh. timing on, on Eric Morgan's physicality he's nailed that mind and that is not easy to do. Not at all. Yeah, I don't think is Frankie Howard and Eric Morecambe alone are worth the licence fee. Okay then. Um The Mike Yarwood Christmas show. Gentlemen, I have to ask you. Um Ozzy. How many pegs are you going to place upon the Christmas tree? Well, I'm going to peg six pegs out of nine onto the Christmas tree because it's typical of its time, clever, nicely paced, 
easy to swallow, vaguely topical, just warm and friendly like a pair of manky slippers. I think you'd need more of that, Sherry. Uh, I'm, I'm just looking at Blackout stabbing himself with the pegs that he's about to put up on tree. <laughs> and so, Mr Blackout, how many pegs are you pinning your hopes on with Mr Yarwood's fine menagerie of men and women? Um, It's a fascinating time capsule looking at the sort of social and the production values of its time. But in terms of entertainment, I found this dull as fuck. Three out of nine. Oh, ouch. You do know it's Christmas. Yep. I think that's why. Yep. <laughs> Fair enough. What about yourself, Dr Velvet? Well, you see, again, I allow motion to uh, encroach on these things, and I always had a soft spot for Mike. I, I thought he's quite good. And I think because of the fact that this man paved the way for so many after him. Uh, he deserves an absolute lot of credit. Script let him down. All right, he wasn't the best, but he kind of was pioneering in a certain way. Um, I'm going to... And you, you're going you're gonna to throw a chair through the window here. I'm giving him seven. You know what? The fact that you two are so forgiven of someone who's clearly so terrible at their job is the only explanation for why the pair of you hang around with me. Oh, don't be so hard on yourself. <laughs> you're as hard as a Mike Yarwood staircase. But what everyone wants to know, Dr Velvet, how many steps would it take you to get up the mountain? You could name a chocolate biscuit after it. Oh, it's Trio. Okay, this episode is hosted by the ironically inimitable Mike Yarwood, of course, who appeared in the 1995 TV drama Call Up the Stairs, alongside Maureen Lipman, who appeared in 1971's Gumshoe next to... George Ellis, who rocked up as Sergeant Hobble in three episodes of You're Only Young Twice with... Maggie Mount. I've only got myself to blame. Excellent. Bravo. Bravo. Lovely job. I thank you. I thank you. Sergeant Hobble. What a fantastic name that is. <laughs> Blackout, what about yourself? I can also do it in three. Oh, uh huh. This episode orbits around the might of Mikey Arwood, who was in 1988's Mr H is Late, as well as Rula Lenska, who appeared in a 1978 episode of Those Wonderful TV Times, next to Pat Coombs, who was of course the legendary sissy in You're Only Young Twice, with Peggy Mount. Was that you, yo-ho-hoing? Tremendous Lovely. work. Tremendous Lovely. work. And let's save the best till last. What about yourself, Ozzy Bognops? I, too, can go in three. Fantastic. Yes, this episode takes place under the iron rod of one Mike Yarwood, who guest-hosted an episode of Seaside Special 87, which featured... Jeff Stevenson, who was in the To Hull and Back episode of Only Fools and Horses, as was... Johnny Wade, who played Roger in 29 episodes of You're Only Young Twice, with Peggy Mack. And next time it won't be on the wall. Superb. Excellent. Superb, superb. I'm sensing a theme forming here. All right, so that brings us to the end of episode nine. Can you believe it? Episode nine. And there's more to come. There's more to come. We're not stopping yet. In the meantime, Blackout's got your socials. Yes, thanks once again for being with us. If you'd like to get in touch, you can email PeggyMountPod at gmail.com or we are PeggyMountPod on Twitter and Facebook. It's as simple as that. Now, Ozzy, since yes. you're here, and it is 
Not very warm out there. It is December and there's only another three shows to go until it's Christmas Eve. How about we get producer Ken to get the Z-bed out? Ken, tap on the glass if you can get the Z-bed out. No, Z-bed. Uh-huh. Glad I brought the crate. And yes. you can stay over. Oh, great. Now, please tell us... Have you washed the continental quilt? We can have that done for you. That's not a problem at all. And let's not forget, in the meantime, to keep Mountain. Mount. The Peggy Mount Calamity Hour is a free podcast from iPool Media, which holds production copyright. Opinions and recollections expressed are not to be taken as fact. The title and credit music is by Dr. Velvet. Audio segments from television programmes are presented for review and informational purposes only under fair use, and no ownership of these is claimed or implied by this show. For more information, visit PeggyMountPod.com. Rising from a recurring... St- recurring? <laughs> I'm from fucking Liverpool now. <clears throat> and we're off. Tom O'Connor's in. <laughs> it's the minute. <laughs> it's the minute I have to fucking read anything off the screen. <laughs> <laughs> One. <laughs> One. Was this is the rest of the night now, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I think what they'd probably This is do- why every segment tonight is going to be an hour and a half long. Indeed. Oh. You know it. <laughs> OK, no, no, now listen, now listen, I'm going to be strict here now because we're 14 minutes into the edit and we've got yep. literally, f- f- we've got five minutes of the podcast out of <laughs> yeah. that 14 Yeah, minutes. we haven't even fucking got to the, um, the end of the first fucking segment yet. Spectacular Woolworth Christmas show. Milk tray, chocolates, sweet burr all for feet. Binatone's great tower system that looks hard to beat. Type your sound on Philips and the party is complete. A hardwood knife by Moulinex will carve it out a treat. Eric Bristow dark game, that must be the tops. Watch them race to fit the face on good old Mr. Pop. Big value wrapping paper, bargains never stop. It's the latest, greatest, ever more spectacular Woolworth Christmas Show!